Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Luke. And I'm Tim. And thank you for joining us on another of our off-season previews, 2022 in the rearview mirror for all 32 NFL franchises. And we've been looking across what that means for them all going into 2023 today, talking about Minnesota and their Vikings, um, one of the state-named teams as opposed to the city. I always find that an interesting thing. Maybe that's a an uninteresting off-season pod topic we can get, get into. But regardless of <laughs> for whom they are named or for what they are named, the Vikings had a pretty successful year and we'll be talking about what they got up to and what they will get up to in the off-season yet to come. But before we get into that, we encourage you as always to give us a subscription, a subscribe button whack on the old podcast app of your choice. Give us a rating and a review and spread the good word amongst you know friends, family and the like. Much appreciate it. You can find us on the socials as well at Half Yard Line Pod. You can find us on email, halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. And Tim, today you can find us in the land of a thousand lakes, Minnesota, talking about the Vikings who won their division a year ago and everyone said, and then they were in the playoffs and everyone went, well, and now we come into 2023. What do those sounds mean for Minnesota as we look ahead? Well, those were some certainly some sounds there, Luke. I would have to note, by the way, I'd much rather a team name themselves after the state they're in than a city that they're not. Looking at you, Santa Clara and Dallas and New York and New York. New, Je- New Jersey, yep. Yeah, so nonsense. Um, listen, the team went 13-4. and four. They were 8-1. and one. Everybody said they were trash. I tried really hard to support the Minnesota Vikings last year in the face of uh, a lot of negativity from the press about how they were terrible yet somehow winning football games. They've got a decent little player out there at wide receiver. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. Justin Jefferson, pretty good at what he does. Pretty good little running back in the backfield, Dalvin Cook. And uh, listen, people like to talk about Kirk Cousins. At the end of the day, the guy wins football games. He doesn't give the ball away a whole lot. He does nothing exciting. He's like a poor man's Tom Brady without any postseason success i mean he's extreme extremely poor man's tom brady i think it's it's touch generous but yes okay we'll 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 move on from that one yeah no i guess the point is he is very good at managing the game he is very good at not you know losing the game for you if you have a a good team otherwise he's not gonna gonna screw it up He's the, by the way, the OG of the fully guaranteed quarterback contracts, Mr. Sean Watson. And sure is. Nobody got mad when the Vikings gave Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed deal because it was at a discount. You could either have. I think it's also because everyone went, well, it's Kirk Cousins, so knock yourself out. <laughs> I guess. I like Kirk, but I'm just saying. Uh, listen, I'm just going to tell you, Kirk Cousins said, I would like guaranteed security over top end dollars and teams were happy to give it to him. So if the younger kids out there would like guaranteed money, there are teams that will give it to you. You just can't ask for it and top-end money. Not the way the world works. Anyhow, um, you know, they won 13 games. They won a lot of one-score games. They won all of their one-score games. <laughs> they did win some games that weren't by one score. They had two overtime wins, including the biggest comeback in the history, I think, of the NFL uh, against yep. the Indianapolis Colts in Week 15, a 39 overtime win unbelievable game Um, they also beat buffalo in overtime for all you haters out there that said minnesota couldn't beat anybody now both of those games they found fantastic ways to win this was the buffalo fumbled on the trying to take a knee bit game that (laughs) incredible (laughs) 
never seen anything like that <laughs> on the one yard line. Um, oops. So you know they pulled victories from the jaw of defeat uh, more than once throughout the season. But they won their division. They won more games than anybody else over there. They would have been the number one seed had Philadelphia not had the season that it had. So I'm not going to hate on them too too terribly much. <clears throat> uh, looking at their sort of production uh, from an offensive perspective, they were middle of the range in total offensive yards. They were middle of the range in total offensive points. So kind of fueling that average team that – did stuff if you look at their points differential it's actually kind of funny because so many of the games they won were close and so many of the games they lost were by double double digits they actually had a negative points differential on the year um negative three with 13 wins and yeah and you only lost four games it's I never mean, been that done. shouldn't mathematically be possible yeah it's never been done it's absolutely never been done um so absolutely wild uh, series of events the things you think about sort of driving wins and losses in the abstract, scoring more points than your opponent, gaining more yards than your opponent, those were not things that Minnesota did very well. They just uh, happened to score one more than the other guys um, when the clocks hit zero in more of the games than when they didn't. So, uh, you know, more power to them for finding a unique way to get it done. Um, they did make the playoffs and got beat by the New Jersey A Giants uh, in a game that was not particularly exciting, though the Giants did try to make it interesting at the end and let uh, Minnesota have yet one more come from behind victory, uh, but wasn't, weren't quite able to get it done. Yeah, I mean, you've been quite generous there, I think, in your assessment of Minnesota. Last year was a complete freak in terms of the actual record. You cannot win 11 one score games in a year it just cannot happen like it won't the only one score game they didn't win last year was in the playoffs so i thought that was a nice karmic response from the football god saying yeah you, you can't have it all your own way they were a middling team i think this was a nine and eight to ten and seven quality team last year that fluked their way into a couple of extra wins with crazy opposition fuck-ups uh, you mentioned the largest comeback in nfl history uh, Jeff Saturday, thank you very much. <laughs> you mentioned Josh Allen fumbling the ball in his own goal line when he was trying to take a knee. Thank you very much. It was just a freaky, deaky kind of year for Minnesota. And I thought this team, whilst was probably still a postseason team, I'm not saying they should have been, you know, six and whatever it is now, six and 11, but I thought this was a pretty middle of the road, you know, winning record team that just lucked into a few extra wins. So I am circling the Vikings early for next year not being anywhere near as good as they were in the year that just was i don't know how they are positioned coming in tim in your mind but that's my uh my take i'm 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 not very bullish on minnesota going into next year no minnesota is an interesting case when we talk about what they have uh in assets to sort of fix things uh one of the few teams that according to the websites that calculate such things is still over the cap today um, they don't technically have to be under the cap until Wednesday, uh, but they are presumably would like to make some deals and have some space. They have freed up. Yeah, we're recording this on a legal tampering day for those uh, unaware. So happy legal tampering day to all those who celebrate. The absolute weirdest concept in the history of sports. Uh, but yes, so it's no illegal touching, but it's up there in the NFL weird naming conventions uh, <laughs> annals, I would say. Let's leave that right where you picked it up from. Like I said, they've already made a couple of moves to clear some cap space, 
the biggest of which uh, being Eric Kendricks, which cleared $9.5 million. They also cut Adam Thielen to free up $6.4 million. They waived Cameron Dantzler in a much smaller move to clear $2.7 million. They did sign Josh Oliver today or, or agree to sign Josh Oliver today on a three-year $21 million deal. That is not factored into their cap yet, so it's, it, I'm not sure exactly what their plans are to get under the cap. My guess is there's going to have to be some restructuring going on. They don't have a ton of other uh, like to be likely to be cut players. We're getting a little out of order here in the way we've been talking about these, but trying to look at what assets they have um, moving forward. They don't have much cap space, I guess is the way I would characterize their current position. They also don't have much in the way of draft capital. So they have a first and a third and then a fourth, fifth, and sixth. So busy Saturday, uh, but not much else for the Vikings. Um, I don't know how you fix a team that has any issues, and I, despite their 13 wins, I think we all agree they do, uh, with no cap space and five draft picks. Luke, any thoughts uh, about sort of how they get any better from here? Yeah, it's a it's a fair point. I, I feel like this is a team kind of stuck between stations. Like I say, I, I didn't find their last year's performance overly convincing or I in my mind repeatable. They have got rid of a couple of veterans. You mentioned Kendricks. There's a lot of rumors swirling at this point. None of these have happened, but they're apparently gonna cut Harrison Smith, they're gonna cut Zadarius Smith, they might cut Galvin Cook, which all of which would save them significant cap money. Um and, you know, furnish them with the ability to do some stuff. But that is not necessarily the recipe for a team that's trying to contend right now, which you kind of think the Vikings are with Kirk on his current deal. Um, you would assume the players to try and contend, given you were just 13 and four and hosted a playoff game that, okay, you ended up losing, but you can't imagine it wants to be a full blow up. But the moves that they've made this offseason, I found strange. It seems a lot like a team coming to the end of something rather than the beginning of something. So I don't really know what their strategy is going to be because I strangely for a team that won so many games i don't know how many players on this roster i'm hanging my hat on and if they cut some of the ones that i just mentioned you know that's three guys who are all very productive who are all you know solid established nfl veterans pro bowl level players and if you do cut them in order to get under the cap what do you do with that money and as you mentioned only a small handful of draft picks i don't really know so as i said earlier not not particularly bullish on the prospects for the vikings because i just don't know how you go about fixing this when you get rid of productive veterans and don't have draft picks to replace them and you don't really free up enough draft enough uh, cap money to go big in free agency, at least not what it looks like right now. So uh, it's a strange situation, that's for sure. No, and and you know you mentioned a couple of guys they could cut to get under the cap. I, I had not had those on my list only because they're very good football players. I mean, Harrison Smith is right, uh, certainly their best defensive backfield participant. Um, looking at he's arguably <laughs> the best defensive player. I, I mean, mean he's 33, Smith, but still. Zedarius Smith, I was going to say, is arguably their best defensive player. He's certainly arguably their best edge rusher. Daniel Hunter, also a very good player, but those two kind of one in one A, in my view. Um, if you're going to get yep. rid of, you know, they've already lost their number one corner in Patrick Peterson. Now he was older. Duke Shelley had come along, but, you know, losing Patrick Peterson in free agency, if you're going to cut Zedarius Smith and you're going to cut Harrison Smith, you know, that is digging deep into your defensive success. Uh, and frankly, you're not freeing up enough cap to replace them. You're just freeing up enough space to get under the cap. That's why I had sort of assumed it might have to be 
uh, restructures. But if they really do move on from those guys, it, it almost feels like a blow it up situation, um, which, you know, tough, tough for a team that just won 13 games. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, I, whether they do that or not, still unknown at this point. But Tim, from a, a need standpoint, where do you see them kind of maybe trying to focus some of that limited capital that they've got available? Well, listen, if they make those cuts, they have a lot more needs than I thought they did. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. running back safety, edge rusher, <laughs> corner. Um, yeah, but so apart certainly, from that. Certainly, uh, if they were to get rid of um, Zedarius Smith, edge becomes a huge need. Daniel Hunter, very good. Corner is going to be a need for them. Wide receiver, and we, Justin Jefferson, obviously a great player. They've already cut Adam Thielen, who was their number two uh, at, at times, had tried to be their number one. Very good player, big productive guy. Um, don't have can't afford him you know needed to make some space so wide receiver is going to be a position they're going to have to backfill inexpensively uh, to give Justin Jefferson somebody to pull some coverage off of him Um, I I also had offensive line uh, particularly the interior offensive line guard um, as as potential and, and and center depending on what they do with Garrett Bradbury who is a free agent and not going to be a cheap one so uh, you know I guess maybe offensive line wide receiver uh, and corner were the ones I had on my list, but certainly you'd need to add edge rusher and safety if if they make some of the changes you proposed. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree with you on that front. I mean, they were bottom 10 in sacks allowed last year, 47 allowed in 17 games. So you want to improve that. Kirk is not a mobile quarterback, so he's not going to get you out of a lot of sacks that you would otherwise surrender. You do have to think about that when you're building your offensive line. Or, you know, the style of quarterback is important. And I think aside from the areas you mentioned which i agree with running back is the other one dalvin cook is a very good player but there's like i said rumors about him potentially being cut alexander madison's a free agent he's always been a productive number two guy even if cook comes back you're gonna need somebody else and you would think at some point someone you can hand the bat on to in the backfield um I would say that's another area that they could focus on as well as that secondary wide receiver to pair with Jefferson as well as obviously Hawkinson who they picked up during the season who adds that third dimension. So I would agree with uh, what you said, but I would add running back to that list as well. Even if they do end up bringing Dalvin Cook back, another guy is probably a wise investment. No, I I agree with that. Um, So it'd certainly be interesting. I mean, I guess the real question for Minnesota's front office right now is what are you trying to do? Um, their early participation in free agency would suggest that they've not decided to blow it up yet, uh, but perhaps they're waiting to see sort of how things shake out over the next couple of days. And then, um, you know, by Wednesday have some decisions to make uh, on some big name football players. So do we retool and reload or do we blow it up and start over? But that's going to do it for us here on the half yard line, looking at the Minnesota Vikings, rounding up our NFC North coverage, rounding up our 32 teams, in a very brief period of time here ahead of free agency, giving you guys a, an idea of what teams may be looking to do as they head into the off season retooling for 2023 next season's always the best season until it becomes this season and nothing goes to plan. Things the, on a positive note there, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's silly. This year season, right? Next year will suck. Yeah, it is silly season. You know, you gotta, you gotta, everybody has belief, right? You're looking at all the dream, things. Dream big, dream if big. All of your fans. free agents land and all of your draft picks land and all the guys who weren't very good last year get better and all of your opponents get worse. You might be the team that wins the Super Bowl this year. All of those things are true, unless you're the Browns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go check out our Browns podcast for more of that. Anyway, we'll uh, love you and leave you. Yep. So do check out all of our other offseason. Previews, last season recaps, 
team by team, 32 of them out there waiting for you to listen. Go check those out. Give us a shout on the social media at Half Yard Line Pod on Instagram and Twitter and email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. Would love to interact with you guys in that way. Spread the word. Tell some folks. Help us grow the pod. Would really help us. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all those things on your favorite podcast app. But until next time, thanks and have a great one. Double arigato. We got done.